love to welcome the family that's watching us online, if you're watching us or listening. Welcome to Connect Church family. And if these messages have um, helped you anyways, let us know. Church, let's welcome the online family. Thank you. So Pastor Kyle spoke on Father's Day. I know I'm loud. My gosh, I'm loud. Um, my friends like it that I'm loud. Um, he spoke on Father's Day on the prodigal son. And I was sitting in the 8 a.m. service. And um, I forgot God say response to that as a daughter. And I thought, okay, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. So I thought, okay, God, but I need, I need, a, I need a sermon. I need something to put together because I already had a sermon for this Sunday. And flying to Christchurch for a funeral. And I really felt this six points drop in my heart. I'm like typing it on my phone so I can get it all. And I did, I did. I'm proud of myself. So, so we're going we're gonna to look at the scripture on the prodigal son as sons and daughters. So we are the sons and daughters of the Most High God, the Father. So that makes you the sons and daughters. So we'll look at it from the sons and daughters perspective. So let's read Luke 15, 11 to 25, and it's message version, which is really long. So you can put up with me and my Indian accent, so I will be reading it. Then Jesus said, he said, so Jesus is telling this parable, all right? There was once a man who had two sons. The youngest said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. Typical young people, right? Right now. So the father divided the property between them. It wasn't long before the youngest son packed his bag and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipating, dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through the country, and he began to hurt. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry, he could have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop. So no one would give him any. But no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, all these farm hands working for my father sit down to three meals a day and here I am starving to death. You know when young people tell you in your family, this is for parents, I'm starving to death. That means they've read their Bible. This is where they get, got it from. Yeah. I'm going back to my father, he said. I'll say to him, father, I've sinned against God. I have sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me as on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him, his heart pounding. He ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. How cool is that? The son started his speech. Father, I have sinned against God. I have sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to his servant, Quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive. Given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. So there's a few points I want to bring from this parable that Jesus spoke about. The son, his greed, his need, his humility his salvation, and finally, his legacy. 
Jesus was telling this parable. He was speaking to you and I as sons and daughters of the Most High God. So we look at the first point, which is greed. Verse 12 says, The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the state. He wasn't thinking of anybody else. He wasn't thinking of his older brother. He wasn't thinking of his father. And I don't know if he had a mother, but I'm sure she was there. He was thinking just about himself. He was thinking all about now. I want it now. I want my share. I want my state, my portion. Give it to me. And I want to do what I want to do with it. Um, So it was all about him, my, my, my. And we hear that a lot. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't thinking of others. It was all about his self-gratification. His attitude was his, it was all about me. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I, I was, I was, young people, I was once a little girl in my father's house too, picking flowers, running around the garden, doing stuff, playing with little toys as little Indian girls would do. And I'm sure the boys, um, you know, throw stones at stuff. Boys would kill lizards and put them on the coconut tree and have fun. I don't know if that's fun, but boys do different things to girls do. And they like killing and we like putting it all together. But I was once a girl um, and I did stuff like that. So, you know, I am the daughter of the king. But when you're young, you, you really are selfish. But apparently you can be older and still be selfish. I had... 85-year-old come to me and says, dear, thank you for this sermon. I'm still working on selfishness. I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, we all are. We are getting sanctified daily. But, you know, when you're young, especially when you're young, it's like, oh, you know, it's my life. I want to do this. I want to study. I want to study really hard. I want to become this. I want to become that. I was telling a young person I wanted to become a policeman. Do you think that would have been good if I was a policewoman? Oh, my gosh. Um, and she goes, you would have been a good policewoman. I'm like, yeah, I would, wouldn't I? Yeah, I would. <laughs> Melissa thinks it's funny. Um, but I would have been a good policewoman. Um, but I wanted to. I wanted to, you know, study and become somebody and earn a lot of money and do my life. I didn't think about my siblings. But there came a day when my mom said to me, you've got to go to work and support your family. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, okay. I did that because obeying is something that, you know, you were brought up with. So you just did what your mom and dad told you to. Uh, but, hey, I was selfish too. So I can relate to this, um, he, this young man. And I'm sure we all can relate because that is just the nature within us, isn't it? So he's, he wasted everything that his father had given him. And then he came to his senses. In verse 14 and 17, it says, After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. 17 says when he came to his senses, so he spent everything and then he decided, okay, I need to get this together, you know, pick myself together. It says when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death. You know, he didn't only just come to his senses, he had to do something about it. He asked for help. His eyes wide open. He had to walk that hard road only to realize it was really good in his father's house. Um, We at Connect Church, we are a family. We need each other. If you're hurting, you tell someone. Otherwise, you hurt alone. It's no good hurting alone. doesn't do you good. You tell others so that 
they can pray for you, gather you together, make you some meals if you're really, really sick, which they do, which I don't mind cooking either. Anyway, point aside. But we need each other, and that's where connect group is really important. Get into a connect group once a week. Go to a connect group. Meet together. Mine is the best, by the way. I run, see, I've got my own connect group promotion here. Um, I run a girls and proverbs uh, connect group, and we learn the Bible there, girls and boys. We learn scriptures. We are becoming wiser by the day. But that's, and then we pray for each other, and that's what it's about. Getting in a connect group. If you're not in a connect group, get in a connect group. Husband and wife, get in a connect group. If the wife is going on Monday, you go on Wednesday. But make it work. Make it work. If you need babysitters, ask for help. That's what church is about. We are a family. It takes humility to ask help. My point three. So let's ask help. This, this young man went to his father and asked for help. He's in, in verse 21 it says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Wow, that was really humbling, wasn't it? To come back to your father when you were a son to be asked, I'll be even your servant, but please help me back. Humility takes a lot of courage to come to that place and say, I need help. We just got to be humble and ask for help from one another. He acknowledged he was wrong. He came back and humbled himself. And we can all relate to that. I'm, I'm sure we all can. You know, let's not be prideful and say, no, I'm not going to ask anybody's help. I'm not going to tell anyone. Somebody just said, oh, you know, my wife was sick, but I didn't want to tell anyone because I don't want to sound like, um, what did he say? I don't want to sound like I am whining. I'm like, no, we're family. You need to tell us. We can pray for her. Do you need meals? And he's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. But, you know, we, we need to help one another. If we're hurting, tell someone. This is a family. We, we need to support one another. Just, uh, just one thing you can do is just humble yourself and say, I need help. Yeah. You can't do it alone. We all need help. I came to this place of needing help when, you know, I was a young person. I was 21. I was young once upon a time, 36 years ago. And um, I was doing my BA um, graduation in my last year. I was trying to study, and I couldn't remember what I had just read. I mean, there are books to be read, and I can't remember a page. And I thought to myself, okay, my family had just become Christians, and they've been telling me, you, you need to come to our group. You know, you need to come and do this thing and become a Christian. I'm like, I'm already a good Christian. I'm a good Catholic girl. I go to church every Sunday. And if I want to, I'd go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's like... And the church was where I met all my friends, and I liked a guy. Okay, I did. I was a little bit nerdy. Mm. And, but that was not the whole reason to go to church. I had all my friends there too. But hey, it took me to church. Um, no, I was a really good Catholic girl. I helped. I helped my church, man, as a really little kid. I, you know my story. I've told you all about it. Anyway, so I said to my sister this particular day, I said to her, look, I need help. And she's like, okay, what can we do for you? I said, you can pray for me. So they prayed for me. I laughed, and then I cried because I, the whole thing was funny for me. Um, and then she said, oh, you need to come to our connect group tomorrow, which was life group then, or home group, we used to call it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll come. My gosh, I went. I gave my heart to the Lord, spoke in tongues. Everything was, like, beautiful. I was like, wow, this is good. 
I said, good. That was on 17th of March, 1983. Front row wasn't even born, this front row. And you know, I look back now, 36 years later, I didn't know that I would be standing here in front of you beautiful people on the Kapiti Coast in Connect Church, New Zealand. My gosh, New Zealand is something you only learned in geography. I didn't know I would ever make it there. And then I met Adam at church, you know. Um, I met him, and I've got three beautiful kids, two son-in-laws, three beautiful grandchildren, and more to come. But, you know, that's my legacy, and I intend carrying that forward. But all it takes is really to humble yourself. And if I didn't ask my sister for help, they would have gone in their jolly way, and I'd be just, I don't know, crying, sad, failing, doing all that. But humble myself, gave my heart to the Lord, 36 years later, I stand here to tell you a story that God is good. All we got to do is ask for help, humble ourselves, receive that, and be saved. If you do not know Jesus here today, today is your day for salvation. Don't let the devil tell you stuff like, oh, no, 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 this, it's really good here. No, it's not. The world is just, it, it looks like a nice apple, but inside it's just disgusting. Anyway. And don't let pride take you away. Because this is what the scriptures say. Am I talking too fast? Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. Don't let pride lock you up. And the message, I love this one. It says, first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. That's really good. Now, that should be your next week. Meditation and scripture learning. Proverbs 16, 18. Humble yourself. See the, you know, see that you, you know, if you recognize yourself, you've come back to your senses. I need help. Humble yourself. Get saved. Verse 22. But the father said to his servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened cup. Not just a skinny one, a fattened one, and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Coming back to his father, it saved him. It gave him a new life, a fresh new start. A genuine repentance bought complete restoration. A robe and a ring on his finger. It was not just any robe. It was the best robe in the house. And a ring on his finger. I love gold and I love rings. And my gosh, I'd do anything for a ring. So there you go. And have a fun big party. I love parties too. Another story. But you know, <laughs> how good is that? How good is life with Jesus? It's party all the days of your life. Honestly, it is. Well, there are ups and downs. But hey, most of the time, it is one big party with Jesus. It takes me into point number six, which is legacy. Now, that, that story that Jesus told was for you and me to live a big legacy. Verse 24 says, For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. This son was lost and now found. His father was full of joy. Parents would know what it is when a kid comes back to Jesus. Honestly, it is. It's the biggest um, it's, it's the biggest thing. It's, it's the fulfillment. It's the joy of, of living. You know, you live for your kids and to watch your kids go away from God is one of the painful things, people. But hey, he came back 
He got saved. He left a legacy. And I stand here today giving you my story because I tell you what, my mom prayed for us. She had five kids. Three are still missionaries. Thank God she, she still prays. She knows how to pray. So, you know, that's one thing that I've picked up from my mom is to pray. I pray for my kids. I prayed for my kids from the day I knew I was pregnant with three of them. All three. Prayed for them. Prayed for their spouses. My prayers are answered. Fantastic son-in-laws. You know, and I'm praying for my grandchildren. I'm praying for Anna. I'm praying for her husband, Isaac, his wife, Joshua, his wife, and more kids to come. I'm praying for my legacy. That's what we should be doing. Parents, pray for your kids. Don't ever stop praying for them. Even if they are really good kids, pray for them. Because, you know, this world, it's, it's not good out there, but hey, it's, it's good here. Be, be good, be good. So pray for your kids. Um, and life with Jesus, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Don't let the enemy come and tell you it is not. John 10.10 10 says, the devil only comes to steal, kill, and destroy and then he leave, leaves you to, you know, eat the pig slop. Don't go there. Come back to Jesus. Don't let him rob you. No more robbing in this house. Acknowledge the need. Acknowledging the, acknowledging the need brings you back home. We need to come to that place where we say, you know what? I really need help. That brings you home. Humble yourself. Go before people, family, friends. Say, Take at least one friend and say, hey, I really need help. Ask for prayer. You'll be saved. You'll leave a huge legacy for generations and generations to come. The children's children. I can say that because now I can actually say after Grace and Kyle had a baby, it's children's children. I never knew the connection, but hey, there you go. And this is how much God loved you. John 3.16 in message says, This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need to be destroyed. Oh, that's strong, isn't it? By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. So if you're here today, don't let pride take you out. Don't let the lies of the enemy take you out. Humble yourself and say, you know what? I need my church family. I need my family. I need my church family. I need my church friends. Keep your church friends closer to you. Because they will build you up. They will pray for you. They'll come when, you know, when you're not well. They're the ones who stand by you, pray for you. Hey, look, I'm, I'm thankful for this church. It has prayed for me, me and my kids. I mean, I pray for your kids, so please pray for mine too. And for Adam and I, we need help. The conference is coming. We definitely need help. But hey, we pray for you. We pray for your marriages, your kids. So let's pray for one another, right? But today is a day of salvation. If you are here today with every eye closed and head bowed, if you are here today and you are saying, man, I am running away from God. I have done things that I shouldn't have done. And I believe the Holy Spirit is putting a finger on your heart today because it will start beating really fast. And you want to turn around and say, you know what? I want to live a great legacy it's not just about me. It is about what things to come. We, ex we you know, want things to happen right now. No. Right now, all we need to do is make that choice. And then we can look back 36 years later or 30 years later or 20 years later and say, I made that decision on 15th of September at Connect Church to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Today you make that decision. 
follow Jesus with all your heart. No more guilt. No more shame. No more believing the lies of the enemy who has only come to kill, rob, and destroy your joy. And Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is the only one who can save you. So I'm going to pray. And if you want to be included in that prayer and, you know, start a new life, would you put your hand up very quickly and we'll pray together. Thank you. Anybody else? Today is your day of salvation, my friend. Do not go back how you came here. You've got to change your life. You've got to make some choices. Make a strong decision today. Put your foot on the ground and say, I am going to make my life count from today onwards. Thank you. Anybody else? pray together God I thank you for this day I thank you for salvation I thank you Jesus that you died on the cross for me today I ask you to come into my life so I can start my life afresh a new legacy for me and my family and my kids for generations to come. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. God, I thank you that today is a new day for me. From today on, I will live for you. There is no turning back. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen.